Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2021 MLB season is here, and although the seats may not be full, your bankroll has the chance to be. Ray Hoops Peterson has you covered for every game, every day this season, along with comprehensive analysis and angles for getting to the window while celebrating the walk-off winners and blown saves of what will be a wild season. Now it is time for the Baseball Betty Podcast with Ray Peterson. A warm up from below. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. Got a great podcast for you. He's in the second segment. Jason Radowitz over there with SBR, AK Sportsbook Review. Also does a tremendous job with covers. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a little bit of a look forward at Astros versus Red Sox. We did not know the outcome of Dodgers versus Giants at the time of the interview, so I had some pretty much his take on the Braves, regardless of who wound up coming out of what was a really good Game 5, which we're going to be recapping here in just a minute, but we're going to have a great chat there with Jason. Then in the final segment, we've got Game 1 of the ALCS between the Houston Astros and the Red Sox. So I'm going to give you guys a sign total on that game and a little something like call touch them all. Also with Jason, going to be looking at betting angles that you want to be taking a look at here in the postseason and why to not wind up just increasing your unit size like fivefold at this time of year. Trust me, it's not a good proposition to take. But what is always something nice to take is me up on firing in a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast. Whatever you want to hear about, just let me know. And you've got one or two ways to be able to fire these in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, name me does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to send in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, and we 
actually saw Mike Schilt get fired as the St. Louis Cardinals manager by the team that is going to the NLCS in the LA Dodgers wound up ending him that loss and I don't know if Schilt deserved to be fired but the Dodgers do deserve to go to the NLCS with the way that they played so let's take a look back at what we wound up seeing on Thursday. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. We did not see a lot of road wins throughout the postseason in general but the Dodgers and Giants wound up combining for three of them in their five-game series, and the Dodgers get it done in Game 5 by a count of 2-1. to one. The guy that really stepped up for the Dodgers, Mookie Betts, 4-4 four for four in this game. Now, they were all singles, but he also wound up having a critical stolen base that had the Giants giving up the lone run that Logan Webb did. Logan Webb was absolutely amazing. Seven innings, he gives up one run, and then Camilio Duval winds up coming in in the ninth inning. He winds up giving up a run in two-thirds of an inning. Tyler Rogers was able to give you a pair of outs as well. And Kevin Gossman wound up closing out the ninth inning as it was Max Scherzer getting his first career save for the Dodgers as they wound up playing a little bit backwards in this game as Corey Knebel gave a scoreless inning. Bruce Gradrall scoreless inning. Julio Arias gives up the lone run to the San Francisco Giants. A Darren Ruff 450-foot bomb and then Blake trying Kenley Jansen come in before Scherzer is able to close it out. So, got to figure that Scherzer is probably not going to be starting game one of the National League Championship Series against the Atlanta Braves as a result, but certainly was a fun one as now we're going to have Dodgers versus Braves. And I know that some people were asking me this. Braves are going to have home field advantage during the series because the Dodgers were the wild card, but certainly was a great game there as we didn't, like I said, see a lot of road wins throughout the first round of the postseason and really second round of the postseason because you've obviously got the wild card round and then you got the divisional series but the Dodgers, they were able to win on the road. Now they are going to be paired with the Atlanta Braves and we've got the other championship series which is going to be starting today. That would be Reds and Astros in the final segment. Going to give you guys my side total analysis on that game and coming up next we're going to be taking a little bit of a look at this game and also a broad brush look at this series in general with Jason Ryan of SBR aka Sportsbook Review and we're also going to be just talking playoff handicapping in general what to look out for and why to not just fire in 100 million billion units on every single game just because it's the only game on the board please do avoid that that's on the other side right here on the baseball betting podcast with myself Greg Peterson Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Great to be joined by our guest as this man does a terrific job over there with SBR, a.k.a. Sportsbook Review. He also does a lot when it comes to the game day MLB odds checker, covers, list goes on and on. This man has been doing a great job all season long when it comes to taking a look at the game of baseball and now he's been doing a great job when it comes to the NFL as well as to be able to follow Jason Radowitz on Twitter. You're able to do so at his first and last name, Jason underscore Radowitz. Last name is spelled R-A-D-O-W-I-T-Z. And Jason, it is always a pleasure to have you aboard, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you having me. It's been a couple of weeks. I had vacation last week and I went you know, to my girlfriend's sister's wedding. And so wasn't around that week, but glad to make it this week. And you know, of course, there's the MLB going on. In the playoffs, there's also, like you said, the NFL, college football. 
And of course, college basketball coming soon now. So, you know, it's always an exciting time around this time of year. Can't wait until all those sports start. Still have the MLB, still have postseason baseball. That's always fun as well. Heck, you even got the NHL going on now. The NBA is going to be returning with regular season games in just a few days as well. So you've got a whole lot to be able to handicap. And we've got a whole lot that we're going to be able to handicap in this Red Sox versus Astros series. It's going to get started today with... From Valdez against Chris Sale. And as I'm seeing it right now, things are fluctuating a tad, but I am seeing the Astros right around about a minus 135-ish favorite. I see a little bit of an edge here for the Astros, both in this game and this series. I'm not sure how you're taking a look at this one, but I do have my concerns with Chris Sale because no doubt he's looked relatively solid. It's clearly not the same Chris Sale as we were seeing a few years ago when he was truly dominant. But at the same time, my biggest concern with the Red Sox is that bullpen. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to hold up either in this game or in the series against an Astros lineup that was number one in the league with with regards to runs per game. Yeah, look, this is an interesting one. Start off series, you have two left-handed pitchers. And I will say, you know, the Astros, you know, in the last 30 days outside of going up against Rodon, you know, they haven't been that great against left-handed pitching. Something to look at, but you know, when it comes to this game, obviously, you know, like I always like talk about in the postseason, I try to stay away from, you know, wagering heavy. You kind of understand that there's going to be a lot of different, you know, things that might happen in a game, right? So, you know, pitchers might leave the game early or, you know, a lot of different things can happen. So that's why you don't really handicap these games like you would normally handicap a regular season game. I like looking at, you know, pitcher versus batter stats, like seeing how the team has done against that particular pitcher but then again at the end of the day you know even if they allow zero runs if we go back to that Freddie Peralta game facing the Braves he went 57 pitchers allowed no runs through four innings and then was taken out of the game for a potential you know run spot for the Brewers and, and of course they didn't get it the next inning Adrian Hauser allowed the home run to Jock Peterson and there's the game right there so there's a lot of overmanaging in games and whatnot but I will say the Red Sox they do have some solid numbers against Framber Valdez. It's a short sample size, 58 at-bats, 13 hits. So you have the Kike Hernandez with three hits, J.D. Martinez with two hits and six at-bats. There's guys in that lineup that can do some damage. Of course, Rafael Devers, two of seven, but really clutch. So yeah, it's an interesting game. I think the Red Sox might have an edge in this game going in. We'll have to continue to look at all the stats and all the numbers. Like to your point, obviously, like you said, Chris Sale has not been the same. So kind of basing it off of what Sale has done previously, he hasn't had too much success. He's killed Michael Brantling, eight hits in 41 at-bats. But outside that, not much going for him. Correa, 4 of 19. So, yeah, he's done okay. So, again, this game is going to be tough. All games in the postseason are tough, especially in the you know championship series. So be careful with uh, how much money you put on these games, but definitely enjoy it. Have some fun with wagering. And I am so glad that you pointed that out, as we do have Jason Radowitz joining me on the podcast. I don't care what sport it is. The Super Bowl in the NFL the MLB playoffs, the NCAA tournament. Just because the game is bigger doesn't mean that your wager size needs to be bigger. Just because you wind up betting like, let's just call it five games in the MLB a night, doesn't mean that because we're now whittled down to one game that you should be placing five times the amount of money that you do on a normal game just because you mentioned it. These games, they are very much a little bit different when it comes to their handicap. And on top of that as well, you don't want one loss putting you behind the eight ball because while if you wind up betting on 
just one game for that normal unit size that you typically do for a full game rather than spreading it out across five games. You do it all in one year. No doubt you can wind up getting a little bit of a nice hit, but if you wind up taking a loss, you then wind up setting yourself back big time and then you always get what we want to avoid out here in the betting world, and that's being in chase mode. Nobody likes that. It never results well. I don't care what people tell you. You don't want to be in that state, and I think it's just so important to note that there are other sports out there if you're really craving more action rather than just one game. College basketball's around the corner. Heck, next baseball season, there's going to be thousands and thousands of games, so it's never like there's a shortage of opportunities to make money. You don't need to be pushing all in when lines are as tight as they are, like they are in the MLB playoffs. Yeah, and and I agree. And to your point, of course, college football, NFL on the weekend. So that's always fun. And we even had a college football game on Tuesday. Of course, you had college football and NFL on Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays and Monday. You had the NFL. So there's so much opportunity outside of baseball as well to wager on games. But definitely don't want to be betting a high amount of money on games. And, you know, the funny thing is a lot of the times nationally televised games Games that are kind of by themselves, they always tend to have some weird outcomes. So definitely kind of want to stay away from those as well. So in the NFL, I try my best to stay away from, you know, Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football. I'd rather bet those one, four o'clock games on Sunday because I know that, you know, the, the players and, you know, everyone, they're, they're in the same kind of routine. You know, you should probably get the output that you're expecting, you know, compared to a night game or a primetime game that everyone and their mom are going to be betting. It's just not worth it. That's one thing that I kind of always look to do. Unless you know, there's a major discrepancy with a line or something that I see, uh, you'll rarely see me bet on a primetime game when everyone, the entire public is betting it. And there's a reason why in these primetime games, the limits wind up yep. going up. It's because the book has a better handle on this. There's more information yeah. available. So it's as tight as it gets. And as I always say, it doesn't matter if you're betting the World Series, if you're betting on what I was talking about a little bit earlier with the Super Bowl, or if you're betting on Vermont versus Hartford college basketball, <laughs> a winning ticket is a winning ticket. Yeah. The most important part is building a bankroll. It doesn't matter what game it's on. All that matters is the result in the end of it, making a little bit of money. That's what we're all here to do. As we do have Jason Ryder with joining me on the podcast. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier as well, just with regards to some of the aspects of taking a look at this Red Sox versus Astros game, it is that these games in the postseason, they're played a little bit differently. You mentioned the fact that Freddie Peralta was pulled very early from the game three of Brewers versus Braves. And I'm right there with you. I thought it was a bad move, but we see more of it this time of year. When it comes to your handicap of postseason baseball, what sort of things do you take a look at maybe a little bit more slash less than you would during the regular season? Because one thing that I've been taking a look at is that home teams have been doing really well this year. You know that the stands are going to be packed. You know that all the folks that are in attendance, they're going to be hanging on every pitch. Meanwhile, if you wind up going out to the ballpark on, say, some random Saturday afternoon, and it's like the Yankees and the Orioles, not everyone's probably going to be hanging on every pitch because it's the Yankees and the Orioles. And I think that that's a little bit of a factor as well to take into account. Yeah, and you know, going back to last year, I think now we all kind of realize that home field, home court, any kind of home advantage is a lot more bigger than I think a lot of people want to give it credit for back before the pandemic hit. A lot of the time, you know, you would see a lot of analysts or, you know, cappers kind of discrediting home court or home field advantage. But now we can kind of tell that it's actually a a major part of a game and it really does matter. And that's why when you're handicapping a game, usually the home team gets an extra 
couple of points for that reason. So postseason, obviously, when you're in a baseball stadium that's packed, it gets loud. Everyone's kind of into the game compared to, you know, a regular season game that might not have as much, you know, of a crazy atmosphere going on. So, yeah, it's big. Home field does matter. We're seeing that in the postseason this year. Yeah, I will say that that is a big part of my handicapping when it comes to looking at baseball games. But for me, I think when I was in the regular season, I was really doing against really bad pitchers and taking teams that should destroy them when they have really good numbers against lefties or really good numbers against righties. Now, with these bad pitchers, a lot of them might not have, you know, a lot of batter versus pitching stats because these guys are, you know, new to the league, new to the game, just kind of came up and they're getting rocked. But when you're looking at now, right, in the postseason, you're getting a lot of really good hitting teams, a lot of really great pitching teams, a lot of great pitchers, of course. We're talking about Framber Valdez and Chris Sale, two dominant left-handed pitchers, you know, have all the potential in the world right now when it comes to pitching in the MLB. So when it comes to that, then I like to look at, you know, the batter versus pitching stats on top of the last 30 days, the last year on how teams hit against lefties, how teams hit against righties. I kind of break it down that way. But again, it's so much harder in the postseason compared to the regular season. I was going after some of the worst pitchers in baseball and I was, you know, asking, you know, teams to get three runs in the first five innings. I mean, these are really bad pitchers basically saying, yeah, they're not going to pitch a quality start. And, you know, very profitable, right? We went like 72% doing that since like July 18th. But now you got to kind of make adjustments, kind of figure out, you know, each game on itself. It's hard to have a niche of just saying, oh, I'm going to just take overs. Oh, I'm just going to take unders. Because each game is just so different between the pitchers. And obviously, you don't have 15 games to choose from to find those overs and those unders. So, again, you're going to need to make adjustments in the postseason if you're looking to bet it. But I would highly recommend that you don't bet it to a high degree or the amount of money that you put on regular season games. Yep, and you certainly are going to be getting different bullpen pitchers than you typically do as well. Like we saw Brandon Woodruff in game four of the Braves versus Brewers game. He winds up coming out of the bullpen. Like we wound up seeing yesterday, Corey Knable winds up being the opener. So if you wound up having a pitcher-dependent bet on Julio Rios, you had to refire on that. So there is a lot of nuances when it comes to taking a look at these games. And Jason, I did just mention it. We're doing this podcast as we do not quite know the outcome of Giants versus Dodgers, but the way I view it, whoever the Braves wind up getting, I think that the Braves are going to be in a little bit of a heap of trouble. I give them all the credit in the world for what they've been able to do this year, but I don't know if you've got anything different with regards to your handicap of what's going to be to come, whether it be Giants or Dodgers against the Braves, but I just think whoever the Braves wind up drawing, they're going to be up against it in this one. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting because the Braves, they're likely going to be starting Max Freed for that first game. And so if you have Max Freed starting game one, you have him potentially start like game four, maybe game seven. You just don't know, you know, how, you know, each team kind of goes with their pitching. But we did see Charlie Morton kind of come in on, you know, early rest. You know, he pitched in the final game of their series against the Brewers, and he got the job done or did enough for the Braves win that game. So, Matt Freed, you know, he's had, I think, 13 quality starts in a row and still going on today. If you get Max Freed pitching, the good thing is it happen there. So, you just never know when it comes to the Braves. Obviously, of course, the Giants and Dodgers, they both won over 105 games, 107, 108 games. So, yeah, there, it's going to be hard to beat them, but... The Braves, they got the magic going. They looked really good against the Brewers. The pitching was fantastic. The offense came alive when they needed it the most. You just never know at the end of the day. But we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Yeah, it should be a great series and it should be lots of fun.
And I do think that it's going to present some game-by-game opportunities. You mentioned it with Max Freed. He has been tremendous. And Charlie Morton on the road has been really good as well, as I do think that we do wind up getting a Charlie Morton start at some point if he winds up going in game two on the road, whether that be at San Francisco or if they wind up being the home team because you've got the Dodgers as a wild card team if yeah. he winds up starting like game three on the road. That'd be something that would be very intriguing as well. And Jason, I know that you are dialed into everything that's going on with a wide variety of sports. You're doing a great job on the NFL betting board. You've been doing a great job all year long when it comes to baseball. I know you're going to be looking at the NBA and college basketball once those games get started up for the NBA in the next few days, actually. And I know that you've got a wide variety of things that you're doing. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything that you've got going on in general these next few weeks. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Jason underscore Radowitz. That's R-A-D. O-W-I-T-Z. Like Greg said, I'm doing a bunch of MLB content as well. But once the MLB season's over, I'll still have the NFL, college football, and of course, college basketball. You know, I kind of like to swap baseball for college basketball. It's like perfect. You know, the MLB finishes, college basketball starts, college basketball finishes, and then the MLB begins. So those are my two kind of daily sports I like to look at. And then of course, you have college football in the NFL over the weekend, which I also look at as well. So those are my four sports and excited for all of those sports, you know, continue and start up by college basketball soon. As one sports season ends, another one begins. There is never any real downtime when it comes to sports and sports betting in general. Jason knows this all too well, and he does a great job looking at a wide variety of things, and it is always great to get him on the podcast. So big thanks to Jason Radowitz for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time podcast. I give you a sign total for Game 1 of Astros versus Red Sox in the ALCS, and a little something like call, touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here with Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. A pleasure to be joined by Jason Radwitz today. He does an absolutely terrific job of just taking a look at the game of baseball in general. He has brought it all year long on this podcast and did so once again. So, big thanks to him. Now it is that time the podcast. I give you a sign total on every game on the betting board for this Friday, a.k.a. all one of them in a little something I like to call touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you note that if there are any changes that are made to these plays, they will be listed up on my Twitter feed at JarenScorty1. Quite frankly, unless we see something very, very stunning, we are not going to see any changes because we are down to one game, but with that said, let's dive into this one game. As we've got 901-902 on the betting board as you've got yourself the Houston Astros playing over the Boston Red Sox as Chris Sale. It's going to be going for the Sox and Framber Valdez is going to be on the bump for the Astros. The total on this game is 8.5. The over is anywhere between even and minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. And with the Astros, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140 as a favorite. And with the Red Sox, anywhere between plus 125. And seeing as good as a plus 127 now, as bad as a plus 120. And I want to making the Astros 
a little bit closer to a minus 140 favorite. Minus 142, as a matter of fact. And when it comes to the New York Post play of the day, I am going to be going with this total under. Now, I recognize that the Red Sox and the Astros both top four offenses out there in the big leagues. And we saw with the Astros six-plus runs in all of their games against the Chicago White Sox. And really, they've been able to put up five-plus in every game here in the month of October. But you also take a look at the Boston Red Sox. They were number three with regards to ERA on the road this year. And this is a team that, in general, has pitched a little bit better on the road than they have at home. Now, Chris Sale has not necessarily looked like vintage Chris Sale, but we were talking about it with Jason Radwitz. This is a Houston team that has dealt with lefties, giving them a little bit of trouble recently. Now, with Sale, he wound up giving it five runs in his inning against the Tampa Bay Rays. Prior to that, he had given up three earned runs or fewer in every one of his starts since coming off of the injured list. That would be eight of them, so I do think that we're going to see a good effort there. And then you take a look at Framber Valdez, and he does give up a couple too many walks during the regular season. His walks per nine rate was hovering right around about a 4.3 a 4.4, but you take a look at this guy, and he's been able to do a terrific job of limiting contact in general. Right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings, 220 opponents batting average, and he comes out there and he doesn't give up home runs. Right around .8 home runs per nine innings surrendered in his one postseason start. Did wind up giving up four runs against the Chicago White Sox but that's a White Sox team that they actually do a relatively solid job of hitting lefties as well so that's something that you've got to take into account. Now you take a look at the Boston Red Sox and Kike Hernandez has really been an X factor for this team. In the first round of the postseason against the Rays at a 435 batting average. First last name wound up having two home runs. He was terrific. Rafael Devers has been doing it all year long. Against the Rays he had two home runs in that series, 38 in total during the regular season, and his 113 RBI were in the top five when it comes to the big leagues. Hunter Renfro, along with Kyle Schwarber, they're a pair of guys that are able to supply the boom during the regular season, 30-plus home runs, both guys hitting right around at 262, 265, and J.D. Martinez had some good moments there in that series against the Rays as well. Then you take a look at the Houston Astros, and you've got the absolute bomb squad for this team, as Michael Brantley has been hitting above a 300 all year long. You've got Kyle Tucker, throw in there, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, and Carlos Correa, all guys that during the regular season hit at least a 270, all guys that gave you at least 26 home runs. These guys have been firing all cylinders here in the postseason. Yoli Gurriel had a little bit of a tough go of it against the White Sox, but by and large, I think that he's going to be able to pick it up. The reason why I like the Astros in this spot, though, is because, for one, I do think that Chris Sale is not necessarily the Chris Sale of old. I think that that's become apparent, but you just take a look at the bullpen of the Astros as well, and this is a pretty rock-solid bullpen. You have someone in Ryan Presley that during the regular season at right around 225 ERA. He was able to give the team 26 saves. Kendall Graveman overall a sub-2 ERA. He was a big addition at the trade deadline. We saw Phil Maine be able to step up here in the postseason a little bit as well. He made three appearances against the White Sox. Did a very good job of holding down the fort. You take a look at him overall in the last 30 days. He wound up having a rough go of it towards the end of the regular season, but here in the postseason, he has all of a sudden been able to turn the corner, so I think that that's very beneficial. And then you take a look at the Boston Red Sox saying, Garrett Woodlock seems to be fine the old form that he had. He was tremendous at the beginning of the year. Later after the year, he was a little bit lost, but with the Red Sox, they've been doing a good job of mixing and matching. We've seen Tanner Houck come out of the bullpen, do a solid job for the team. Now, I expect him to get a start at some point in the series, but Josh Shaler was really able to step up for the team, and Ryan Brazier, how about the way that he was able to end the year? He has given up like one run in the last five weeks. He has been absolutely tremendous for the team, so I do take a look at it, and I think that we're going to get a little bit of a lower scoring game in this spot, so I do take a look at it, and 
I think that we're going to get a little bit of a lower scoring game in this spot. As a result, set this all at a 7.8. So the New York Post play of the day is going to be the under. I'm going to be pairing that up with the Houston Astros on the money line. And now we'll wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Friday. A big thanks to Jason Reidowitz of SBR, AK Sportsbook Review, along with covers for joining me in the last segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one or two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Going to be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.